What this report does is it helps take the invisible and make it visible. And once you can see and quantify what's happening in your organization or get an idea of that, you have a better opportunity to improve it. Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. Additional support provided by CatScan from Proactive Risk. This is Mark Miller, executive producer of the OWASP 24-7 podcast series. The state of the software supply chain report featured in today's show is an industry report produced by Sonatype. In the spirit of full disclosure, I am the senior storyteller and DevOps advocate for Sonatype. That said, no products are mentioned, nothing is being sold, Sonatype is the steward of the central repository and has access to an incredible set of data. The information in the report relates directly to A9 within the OWASP Top 10 using components with known vulnerabilities. The full report is available as a free download. To describe the findings of the report and the discoveries made from analyzing the open source download patterns of 3,000 companies, I spoke with Derek Weeks, VP and Rugged DevOps Advocate from Sonatype. Let's start with the basics. Where did the information come from for the report? Sonotype is the steward of something known as the central repository. That's actually the largest open source repository for Java components in the world. Last year, uh, as an example, and this is in the report, we saw over 31 billion download requests for components from the central repository. We also detail more in the report showing downloads from other public repositories, uh, like NPM and Ruby Gems and others. When the report was being generated, were there specific things you were looking for, specific discoveries you were trying to make? Yeah, well, uh, certainly. This is the second year that we've done the report, so I was very interested to see some of the year-over-year comparisons, uh, but also to see if we could uh, reveal some new data in the report Certainly two of the year-over-year comparisons that stood out for us was last year within our analysis, we saw companies were downloading about 225 to 250,000 components on average annually. And that number was fairly close this year uh, as well. We ended up with 229,000 component downloads annually per organization. So that compares pretty well to last year. And then we also saw in the realm the same number of vulnerable components being downloaded. So about 6% of the components downloaded last year were known vulnerable, and we had uh, around the same percentage this year. The difference was 6.1% to 6.2% year over year, so pretty much the same numbers, which was good to see in some ways, but I think still points to there's a lot of needed improvement The number 200,000 seems very high to me. How did you filter the data 
to get that information? Uh, we didn't do much filtering, actually. There, there are a lot of development organizations that consume components repeatedly through the different build processes that, that they have. Uh, when we dive into that particular number, what's interesting to see is that there are 229,000 downloads on average but the number of unique components in those download volumes is only about 5,000 or so. Mm-hmm. And if you take out all the duplicated versions of those unique components, uh, meaning version 1, version 2, version 3 of a specific component, then you're down to around 2,000 unique components that are being downloaded. They're just being downloaded about 100 times a piece. So that might mean a you know, developer uh, doing one particular build uh, one week is then downloading the same components for the same uh, build or related build next week, and you're seeing that duplicated download volume in those numbers. So uh, if people were more efficient in terms of the downloads that they had and storing components locally, um, you would see that number drop precipitously, but there's not as much control around the number of downloads that happen uh, and how those happen and enter the organization, as I think we'd like to see in a more efficient world. One of the stats that jumps out to everybody that I talk to about the report is the $7.4 million for remediation. Where did that number come from? This was actually some work that originated uh, with Josh Corman uh, at Sonotype, and he had presented this with John Willis in a presentation at DevOps Enterprise Summit last year. Uh, But we put together a cost calculator to help organizations visualize how much the, the cost of using bad components were within their software supply chains. Uh, this is a, a free tool. It's available at sonotype.com slash calculator. That helped us understand and helped organizations visualize what is the cost of using good components versus bad components. And they could see, yes, I'm bringing in, you know, maybe or using 100 components on average per application, and I might have a portfolio of 100, 200, or 2,000 uh, applications there. But using some of the stats from the report, when we see 6.8% of the components used in applications have known vulnerabilities, you can begin to plug that into the calculator and understand if I have 100 components in apps and maybe six or seven of those have at least one known vulnerability, and I want to begin to remediate some of that across my component infrastructure, what would it cost my organization In a way, when you look at it, you say, what would it cost to remediate that? But that, if you choose to remediate it, that's actually taking money away from your innovation budget to go and repair and maintain that technical and security debt. Um, So we go through and kind of explain what the cost is and the impact is to an organization, not just to say you're using vulnerable components, but if you actually want to clean up your software supply chain and not use components with known vulnerabilities following the OWASP A9 specification, then there is a cost associated with that in organizations, and it may be higher than some expect. When the report was being put together, Did the team talk about what they wanted people to do after reading the report? Yeah, that's a great question. 
When I started working at Sonotype a couple of years ago, there were all of these stories internally about this data that we had and things that we could see about the ecosystem. And some of that data is really what we reveal in this report. But I said, you know, if we really want to change the behavior around development, around application security, if we want to have development move at a much higher velocity, then we need to improve the quality of the parts that that we're using. And we need to reveal the reality of what's happening to organizations worldwide. So the report is not something that talks about Sonotype products um, at all within the report or anyone's products within the report. What it's really set out to do is to reveal factual information about here's what companies are doing, here's how many components they're consuming. Here's how many defective components they're consuming. Here's how many you know, older components they're consuming and what the impact or risk profile is of those components. By revealing this information, by sharing it with people, they can realize the magnitude of the problem that we're dealing with. And as a community, we can come up with solutions to how do we manage that for our own businesses now that we can see the numbers that are fact-based and not just you know, opinion-based about what's going on. So that was really the purpose of the report, is to reveal and educate uh, what's happening in the, the ecosystems. The question that keeps coming up when I show people this information is, where did you get these numbers? In the report itself, are the details shown of how these numbers were generated? We present a, a lot of different numbers within the, the report. And up front within the report, we cover you know, kind of a one-page summary of a, a lot of different stats that are covered throughout the report. And we go, do go into the details of what's happening in software supply chains. Software supply chains, for those unfamiliar with the term, you know, really cover everything from beginning to end in development. And that starts with the open source projects that are creating components. How many are they they creating? What's the quality of those components? Then we trace those components to where do they sit within public repositories like the central repository for Java components, npm.org for npm components, rubygems.org for rubygems components. So where do those components sit and where are they made available to developers? And then what do we see about the consumption from those central repositories on into you know, the consumption from developers that are now using these in applications and what's happening within the applications? So we really tried to trace the software supply chain from the origins of the components where they're initially created by the open source projects down to the applications themselves where those components are being used. And we wanted to detail as much as we could find from either primary sources at Sonotype or external sources that reveal that information and help educate people on what's happening you know, from one end to the other of the software supply chain. Was this report created for developers, for architects, for the C-level suite? Who do you expect the audience to be? I think the report really addresses a number of different people in the organization. I think different people will have different takeaways uh, on the information. It certainly serves the development uh, and and architect uh, community 
but it certainly also serves the application security professionals like in the OWASP community. Um, a lot of people that have seen early versions or drafts of the report throughout the review process um, have said, I knew that we were consuming a lot of open source, but I didn't know how much. And this really helped me validate that for uh, you know my belief that I now have numbers that quantify that uh, for me. And whether they're a developer or an architect or a security professional or a DevOps professional, they can now take the, this kind of report and say, I, I know what we are doing in our organization. I believe that we should compare our numbers in our organization to what others are doing on average. Are we consuming this much? Do we need to be aware about the number of known vulnerable components that we're consuming? Are there better ways to consume these components? And if we want to choose to remediate any of the the issues we have around vulnerabilities, what might it cost us? So I think it really, for many people in the organization, it can help them um, quantify some of the numbers they might need in a business case to move forward with. Here's how and why and how much it would take for us to address these problems or better manage our software supply chain within our organization. One of the stats that's floating around that I've seen, which is probably anecdotal, is that only 5% of enterprises are doing enterprise-level DevOps. Is this report for the other 95% to show them what it's going to take to get up to speed? The the DevOps community... Uh, those that are doing it well will certainly benefit from this report because it talks a lot about how organizations can apply principles from Deming on using the highest quality components, using the fewest and best suppliers, being able to track and trace those components across uh, your supply chain. For those organizations pursuing DevOps practices to look at where does waste exist in the organization? Where does rework exist? Where is work flowing backwards in my organization that I want to remove? Those organizations can benefit from visualizing something that that might not have been easy to visualize uh, before. But for an organization moving at any pace within their development or security practices, what this report does is it helps take the invisible and make it visible. And once you can see and quantify what's happening in your organization or get an idea of that, you have a better opportunity to improve it. If you're moving you know, through one release a year or two releases of your software a year, but you're still com- consuming a lot of open source components and one in 16 of those components has a known vulnerability, it doesn't matter how fast or slow you're moving You just want to know what's the quality of the components that we're using and can we improve upon that as an organization at whatever speed we're choosing to pursue our our operations. You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller, and music provided by the George Cole Quintet. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. Additional support provided by CatScan. 
from Proactive Risk.